tomorrow for the week. I think he's a dead set ghost. That's his strain beer, probably over his ceiling. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Isn't it real you can't nominate yourself as Diamond of the Week? It was just a spectacle. It was probably one of the better games we'll see. Just, just about doing, mate. Uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. The skull. Thanks for joining us on another edition of the Semi-Pros. We are into September, an exciting time of the year. Springtime has arrived. Plenty happening in the Garden City, plenty happening in the sporting world as well. One of our local superstars has joined me in the studio today. Special guest, Muay Thai star, Brandon Spain. How are you? Good day, you right? Yourself? Yeah, very, very well. Now, in the point of where your career is, this fight this Saturday is super important for you. Yeah, definitely. It's huge. Um, I've recently been world ranked at number 17 in the world now for WBC uh, for 58.9. And um, this is just progressing me f- further in my career. Next stepping stone and, yeah, another quality opponent. Yeah, tell us a bit about the fight. Uh, so I'm fighting Lek from SRG. Um, I could say his full name, but I'd butcher it. <laughs> uh, he's had over 400 fights. Um, he's fought a lot of big superstars. He was a part of a big fight team um, in Thailand, Phuket fight team. Um and yeah, he's just a quality opponent. His last fight, he fought uh, former Australian 61 kilo champ Isaac and knocked him out with, with a left head kick knockout in the first round. So that secured him a red hot spot, fight me. So he's had over 400 yeah. fights. Yeah, yeah. I think he's mid All over the world. All over the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how many have you had now? Uh, 69 Muay Thai, 72 including boxing. Okay, so it's a massive amount of experience you're Huge. giving away, but that's yeah. probably not unusual, I'm guessing, yeah. for you? Nah, not at all. I'm the new breeder fighter. He's in trouble. So what does this one mean? mean for you if you can win this one where does it put you in the in the big picture of where you want to get to uh it, it's securing my spot as pound for pound the best in australia at my weight division um and then in terms of moving up in the world rankings because of a good name that he has it should progress me further and then obviously if i win by knockout i win by stoppage a convincing win that gets put across the wbc board and then they look at whether i progress to top 15 or i stay the same so there's a couple of things with that so first and foremost the sounds there's a fair uh, uh, I guess there's a, there's a big goal of yours to be undisputed the best in Australia. So yep. do you feel this this fight, if you can win this, that puts that beyond doubt? Um, it's just going to progress me further to cementing it. Um, I don't say no to any fight. Um, everyone else can say it else. But if an, if the name gets brought up, I say yes. When's the date? What way? Um, and yeah, that's the problem in my division at the moment. Um, other people aren't securing dates. Other people booking fights instead of other fights. And that that's just the problem. And I think that's in all combat sports it's like that so I just feel as if I keep saying yes to everyone and I keep cleaning them up you you can't deny me why do you have that attitude so why is it just anyone anywhere anytime doesn't matter I just want to be the best Um, I I feel like I'm I'm really hitting my prime now Uh, the only way I can excel my career is to do as much as possible and fight the best like yeah I fought uh, former world champs prior the last fight against Dao Prasuk from Thailand uh, another quality opponent over 350 fights got him done in one round and yeah I just feel like the bigger the risk, bigger the reward, the better I perform. How do you see this one playing out this weekend? I, I think I think this is a five-round war. I, I really respect Lech and his ability and, and he's the team that he's got behind him at SRG. Um, but I feel like I'm the new breed of fighter and he's not ready for what I'm going to bring. What are you going to bring? Violence. <laughs> 
Yeah, just violent. Um, we're going to kick, we're going to punch, we're going to elbow, we're going to have fun. And you feel like, you know, you've been in this for a little while now whilst you're still young, you're coming into your prime? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel, I think me and my dad were talking the other day, this is like eight or nine years fighting professional now. Um, I think I had my first professional fight in Thailand at 14 and yeah, I turned 24 this year. So in terms of getting the groove, fighting high level, um, getting more consistent with my fights as yeah, I'm renowned for having a couple of fights and then stopping for a little bit. But every time I stop, I'm working on making myself better, stronger, faster, mentally better. And what are the major changes you've seen in yourself as a fighter, that progression where you feel like you sit here today and, and, and want to stake that claim as to say, I'm, I'm the best in my division, full stop country? I, I feel like growing as a fighter, maturing more into myself and, and my want, like my want to win, my want to perform, my want to entertain the crowd is, is more than my opponent. Like he thinks he wants it, but he's got no idea. And my sacrifices, like I run two other businesses, I make sure that my 4am cycle is done every morning. There's no there's no excuse. Even if I go to bed at 1am, it doesn't matter. I wake up. And then every night, 5.30, I travel to Brisbane and Gold Coast twice a week to train. So um, my sacrifices are a lot more than a good percentage of the boys I'm fighting. I'm sure there's a lot of advantages for you being based in Toowoomba, but there's also disadvantages and probably that travel and distance is one of those. Definitely. Uh, sparring. Sparring's hard. And, and my dad has had a major back operation as well, so he can hold pads a bit. But if anyone has ever held pads for me, it's a fight. Like they feel worked, the like power, speed, and my gas tank just goes for days. So I, I need several different. So I have Bruce McPhee, eleven-time yeah. world champ. He he hold pads for me. Uh, Matt McTavish at Nak Muay Thai in Brisbane. He looks after some pads for me once a week, and then Dad as well, and then whoever else can get in between. So what's your weekly schedule look like from a tra- when you're in full training? Yeah, what's it look like? Uh, four a.m. start every day except for Sundays. Um, you do twenty to thirty k on the bike in the morning, and then lunchtime is mobility throughout work work both jobs pts and cryotherapy and then afternoon at 5 30 to 7 30 every night and then wednesday nights we travel to brisbane friday nights we go to the gold coast for sparring and then saturday mornings or saturday arvos will be another session added by a full mobility session as well so it's a lifestyle for you huge huge lifestyle um but i wouldn't have it any other way like working hard i love it i love love the grind and yet people talk about you know the second week out from me fight ah it's hell week and things like that it's not i'm living my dream i'm just getting ready to punch on now and do you feel like those sacrifices and what you have to do is also what gives you an edge because do you look out there and think well i don't just go next door to the gym or i don't have to just roll yeah. down the street yeah. this is there's there's a lot of time and effort I've, I've got to make sacrifice that others don't yeah huge huge i, I I'm, I'm not a full-time fighter in the in the aspect of i have a sponsor to give me a wage every week and all that i have to do is run eat good don't party and train like my life isn't like that i choose to eat good i choose to not party and i choose to just benefit my body every single week by spending money my own money not my sponsor's money my own money to progress my career in mobility in a mind coach in getting a better understanding of what my body's doing being based in Toowoomba is where you're from does it have its advantages as well you're sort of hidden away yeah definitely definitely I'm, I'm hidden away from um, all the X, Y and Z stuff that goes on in the big cities as well as I feel like Toowoomba has a good high altitude so my fitness when I go to Brisbane and Gold Coast it's another level there um, and as well I'm tucked away it's just me my girlfriend and my two dogs and my family and training that's a, that's all I live and breathe it and you love Toowoomba and get good support from Toowoomba as well yeah, for your career yeah, 100% I, lo- I love the to- Toowoomba community uh, the businesses that backs their fighters not only in Muay Thai in boxing as well support Smithy's show as well um, and yeah it, it's it's at home support that means the world to me as well and do you think there's this real thing where you want to be there one day well not one day I suppose you already are like Toowoomba to the 
the world, like the boy from Toowoomba taking on the world? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, at the moment, I'm the first ever WBC world-ranked Toowoomba boy in Muay Thai. First ever. Um, and that that's strictly for Muay Thai. I'm yeah, first ever a Toowoomba boy to fight in Japan in the K1. Um, I'm the first boy internationally ranked in WBC as well. So things like that. Like, it allows me to drive to be better every day as well. Are there a few more firsts that you'd like to tick off as well for Toowoomba? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I would like to push back into the boxing scene eventually. I would love to be the world champ one day. Um, secure myself as pound for pound. Best in my division, if not one or two divisions. Um, and yeah, it's just putting Toowoomba on the map. So looking at the pitch where it sits now, so you said before, so you're ranked 17 in the world. What's yep. the what's the progression or steps for you to get to that elusive world title opportunity? The, the quickest way would be for myself to get in the top 15 and then challenge the international champ straight away. But I want to do things the hard ways as always. And I want to go step by step, whoever gets put in front of me, and then be with the best promotion that's going to support me in my career. Um, yeah, I've fought on a crap load of shows and, and I want to feel valued as a fighter as I'm there to entertain the crowd and to make the, the promoters money as well. I want to have that same value back back mm. towards me. So whether they're helping me, this is a really good fight for you, Brandon, I'll make to rank this, um, or this is a huge name to, for you to tick off the box and a smarter fight for you. And ultimately, is it Brandon Spain, the boy from Toowoomba, you want to be world champion? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, whether it takes me 12 months from now or it takes me 12 years from now, I'm, I'm in long haul. been in this first fight at seven years old, so I'm in no rush. I'm just taking names. In your mind, how does it play out? How does that, have you visualised it, your path to the top, how you think it will unfold or how you want it to unfold? I, I honestly thought I did until I went to the K1 at such a young age. And then, yeah, got humble, like a very hard fight first. Um, got dropped my, with my first eight count in the first round. And then I got a feel of like, wow, this is what world level is. <laughs> and then came back home and just turned into a different breed. And I feel as every year and every fight camp, I'm just upgrading myself. So in terms of how I sort of want it to plan, just whatever, just take every opportunity. If the opportunity is big, then I'll take it. You spoke about that K1. Let's go back to that. Now that was... 2020. So 2020. So yeah. that opportunity just sort of came, almost came out of nowhere. Same sort of thing. Were you ready? Weren't you ready? You just said, yep, let's go yeah. and work the rest out. Yeah, well, That was I, a huge experience and opportunity, wasn't it? Yeah, I won the ISKA um, 63.5 Australian Muay Thai belt in a five-round war on in Brisbane. And then after that fight, um, my name was getting thrown a little bit in the ISKA. So the ISKA is a kickboxing rank as well. Um, and then, yeah, we got we got a call one day. And he was like, we need uh, buy this promoter. And he was like, mate, I need a highlight video ASAP. And I was like, I don't have a highlight video. And he's like, oh, we'll get it to me by the end of the week. Yeah, this is good news. And I was like, right, sweet. Got it to him. And then a week later, he says, I've got you a fight. It's against tension in Japan. And I was like, oh, like that that's a huge opportunity. But then just thought about it. He's like, or you could fight in the K1 World Grand Prix at not as light of a division. And I was like, what? The K1? And I remember just being a little kid, like watching that on the couch with dad before going to training. And like, yeah, that, that really excited me. And then, yeah, it was just another thing. Like the opportunity came came towards me and I just grabbed it with both hands. And then I suppose for our listeners or people, if you don't understand it, like tell us like, I remember it so well, but the guy you fought, you didn't yeah. just fight anybody. No. Who you drew <laughs> in that? Yeah, yeah. So I drew the K1 world champ that hadn't <laughs> been beaten yeah, for the for the first fight. Yeah, At a weight division I've never been. So I was fighting 63 and I fought him at 57.2. Yeah. yeah. So I was, yeah, in, in a different country. I was fighting the Japanese superstar several time K1 world champ. He's already done like ridiculous amount of Grand Prix. And then I was like, great. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. I couldn't have got the Spanish boy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you said, he, you're on your back. Yeah, the first 
around the, early. Um, yeah, the early in the first round. So Do you remember, I mean, like, what's your recollection of, of, of that moment? I remember pushing forward and then him kicking me in the body and then me just waking up looking at the canvas. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I remember Dad always saying to me, like, if you ever get rocked or whatever, take three deep breaths and then regather yourself. And I, yeah, I was looking at the looking at the mat and I could hear nothing. And then it was, like, three deep breaths and then stood up and I just saw him just running towards me with this big jumping knee. And then, yeah, he ended up breaking my nose, put my nose across the other side of my face. And then, and then it was a fight. And then I arguably won the second and then could have won the third if we were back home but yeah that 10-8 in the first round sealed the deal for him and yeah he progressed further to uh, get stopped in the next fight because I, I just attacked his legs heaps mm. um, and then he got stopped in the next fight and then uh, Yuki won the world title that year so from that moment of being on the on the ground you this is different very different very <laughs> different yeah yeah. I don't train for this <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you learn you learn a lot about yourself you find yourself you, yeah I proved to myself that I've got some ticker and um, and, and then yeah no, no back not a back footstep the entire fight like I, I felt his power felt his best shot got up and gave it back to him so then it was just that you know that fear of am I meant to be here is is it, is it my time or not and I was like no nah, this this is my time I can make most of it and I think that's how I got caught in that first round I was I was a bit weary that I wasn't meant to be there at that point in time and that's what might have caught me in his experience as well and would I be right in saying so outside probably yourself and your dad the, the notion was you were just going to get blown away you were no chance you would have yeah. been a million to one he, he was just going to come in yeah. and steamroll you in yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He, like it probably started like you probably thought one and done hit, here hit me with that head kick and then me being rocked one or two big straights or that big knee that he put in my put through my nose that, that should have sat me down and that was the end of it and then as well like I would have loved to be a fly in the corner for, for yeah. in between that round like you've just hit him with your best shot he's what still we, here what are we going to do now <laughs> and did you and did you feel like you gained a whole lot more respect on a whole new level of what you were able to do there it was a loss on your record Forward, yeah, but yeah. you gained so much more. Yeah, I I feel like yeah, hundred percent it was a loss, but I won in myself. I I really proved to myself that you know you got ticker. Like if you want something, you can really push towards it. And my want to fight back then is nowhere near compared to what I am now. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of in Australia, I got a good recognition because I I did an awesome job. If if you score, if you sat on the other side of the stadium and scored a little bit different, I arguably won. So that that gave me confidence as well, and then just made me just believe that I can be back there real soon if you just put your head down and put some hard work in. Is that the hardest you've been hit? Uh, Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember getting hit and just every single shot was just like, how, how are you 57 kilo? Like, fought 63, <laughs> fought former world champs at 63 and 61 and yeah, just, just hit with a different power. And, and then small gloves as well. The yeah. small winning gloves. I think we fought in, yeah, eights. They felt like fours. <laughs> and from that moment that you said that was a, almost a flick the switch a change for you to say, alright, I know Huge. who I am and I know what I've got to do Huge. now to get and where it, I need to go. Definitely, and just allowed myself to be more professional as a as a fighter in and out of the ring. You know, like at the end of your end of your fight camp, you don't blow out and then you know go hit the beers with the mates for six weeks or things like that. It's just like okay, regather. Where'd you go wrong? Where'd you do right? Um, get back on the on a medium diet. Like you don't have to cut weight the whole time. You have to live a little bit. But it just allowed me to bring myself to a more of a higher professional standard. And then same as like weigh-ins. Like I always tried to present myself nice, fit looking like I'm ready to go, not in my board shorts and slides, looking like I'm just craw- crawled out of bed to weigh in. Yeah, and you mentioned before, I'm interested to learn more, so you've talked about, just say, yeah, like a, like a mind coach or a mentor, like, yeah, yeah. What's, why Why have you added that and why is that so important for you? Um, It's just self-belief mm. and then changing the wording of like, I have to do this to I get to do this, you know, like we're very, very lucky in Australia that sport 
sport is a hobby for a lot of people that it doesn't have to be a way of life like in Thailand you know, to make to make good dollars you've got to become a superstar you've got to dress that way and you've got to feed your family and that so I just every time things are getting hard I just try and focus it I'm focusing on my mindset more and then that's just, that's what's helping me with my fights now like uh, I'm confident in what I'm about to do and how I'm going to fight not cock and it's made a big difference you've, you've noticeably seen the difference in huge yeah. huge difference um, yeah from, from my boxing fights being confident in I'm not just a Thai boxer I can box as well and then transitioning back to Muay Thai and then everyone thinking that I was just going to box and then yeah uh, first fight back in two or three years and I cut I cut the boy five or six times with elbows to, you know two years later I finish another tie with a big right elbow again things like that and we've seen it progress so much to, to the point now as you said where you're fighting number 17 in, in the in the world like yeah. that's that's a huge thing like so if, if people don't understand how it works it's it's not there's all these multiple things like that's 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 it that's the, the yeah. division that's that's 17 out of however many people in the world are fighting 100% and uh, the best way to look at it is WBC it's the arguably one of the best sanctioned bodies you can fight under and then especially more tight there's WMC WBC WMO and then other ISKA WKN mm. things like that but yeah WBC if you hold a WBC world title at that present time you're the bomb you're the best there's no there's no one can say else yeah, it's rec- It's just so highly regarded 100%, 100% and yeah it's the beautiful green belt everyone remembers <laughs> that from Mike Tyson era and yeah the best looking belts aren't they oh, oh, I believe so oh, yeah, beautiful belt beautiful belts and then I was lucky enough my last fight to fight for a Nakatom belt so Nakatom is a prestigious Muay Thai uh, belt obviously not in boxing at all and yeah the belt is just beautiful the, it looks the same as the world title it just has a couple of little Thai symbols and then it has like a similar to the Mexican belt yep, that Canelo right. one yeah yeah that's right so you've grown up in this sport so let's go right back just to the not to do this is your life I suppose but you go back from the start you were always destined to end up a Muay Thai fighter weren't you yeah yeah 100% um, uh, at my christening I was bought from the boys so my dad runs Spain's Muay Thai gym out of Smithy's gym here in Toowoomba and then um, he had a big crew of fighters back in the day as well and as my christening present they got me a little boxing bag so I could knee when I got my nappies changed so yeah I was I was destined to be a fighter and then your first fight at seven cried the entire time I think five fights later I still was crying and then um, and then yeah you just get hooked you, you want to be with your dad all the time you want to you want to be able to progress further whether it was footy and then I was relaying back like training footy and then going straight Muay Thai training and things like that and then just the more of a want to fight more of like a this is a sport this is a hobby and then like I oh know like I, I love to fight like the the thrill of getting hurt I enjoy. to be in a fight is part of your family makeup so we know your dad as you said is a trainer now but a great career himself it must be pretty special for you to do it with him do this side by side 100 i'm grateful of it every day work together we fight together train together and then yeah our spa, a spare time a long time together as well and then just to be able to you know take him to the k1 like he would have never thought ever in a million years he'd go to k1 let alone with his son and then yeah like i dedicated my last fight the belt that i won i dedicated that to him because it was it's 10 years of fighting pro level and hard work and not dodging anyone and it's the hard work not only from myself but from him as well and he's put going through a lot of sacrifices as well to help Huge. you be who, who you are as you said you mentioned even through you know through personal injury and stuff like that but just a lot of a lot of sacrifice to, to help you achieve Definitely. your dreams you know I I understand now because I do so much driving to Brisbane but driving me to Brisbane every single weekend <laughs> to get a spa like that's an hour and a half there an hour and a half back you gotta pay for you things like that and yeah it wasn't like oh crap I gotta take him today it was never like that it was like come on Brendan like he's hurrying me up and I'm cursing at why I gotta leave at 5am <laughs> <laughs> that's what parents do for us don't yeah. they it's that driving force and that must be a big motivation for you as well you're sort of like this isn't just what I'm, what I'm trying to achieve isn't just for me no 100% and it, 
yeah, I, I always say like I want to create a legacy and things like that, but it, it's just I want to be present in enjoying what I'm doing now and creating the most of it and creating crazy memories, fighting the best, making dad proud, making my gym partners proud, my sponsors, like every single fight. I'm, I'm very appreciative of everyone that jumps behind me and supports me, buys live stream, jumps on, sponsors me, anything like that. And I'm not I'm not fighting for me to win. I'm, I'm fighting for Toowoomba, everyone, everyone that's backing me. You mentioned before boxing. You've had a couple of boxing fights. Yep. You're very committed to the Muay Thai and you've got goals in it at the moment. But are you done with boxing? Is Will we see you back in a boxing ring? I, I def- definitely see myself back in the boxing ring. Um, there's just more business I need to be sorted with Muay Thai. Um, until I, uh, Last time I went back to boxing, I was training Muay Thai three times a week and I'd just box at the end of each round a little bit. So every single fight, it was still kicking. I still hardly ever have boxing shoes on or anything. So I think this time when I come back to boxing, I'm going to do it right. Take maybe the whole year or something like that and focus on it. Um, I feel like I could excel in it and then um, my personality brings us as well. But it is something there where you're like, yep, I'm not finished with that either. It's unfinished business. I yeah, there's, there's some big names in the boxing as well and I understand that yeah, yeah, you need to have that pedigree behind you before they give you the shot. But if I can get some good fights and then chase some big shows, get some good recognition for, the, for not only the Muay Thai scene as well that yeah, not all Muay Thai fighters are just kickers. Some of us can punch. Now also on the side, you mentioned a couple of businesses. Tell us a bit about those, what you do. Uh, so I run Dynamite Fitness, which is my own PT business, yeah. boxing and Muay Thai. And then I do cryotherapy as well, which is elite cryotherapy in Newtown here. Um, so after all your recovery needs. So that's that's a big part as well. Like There's a lot of time that goes into that. PTs, like you think of probably, that'd be hard, I'm guessing, because of the times when you would you would probably want to be training is when you'd be training other people as well. 100%. 100%. That's why I'm, I'm starting my mornings earlier. I'm having later nights and that. Uh, but then the day I'm working on myself I'm teaching people what I love I'm lucky enough that all, all my clients I have underneath me now are great people so it, it's a, it's more than just a client there's a connection in everything and then cryotherapy helps me with my own body helps me get a better understanding of recovery and how important it is when you are excelling at a high high level as an athlete um, and then we do compression my dad does cupping well, should we give a shout out one of your PT clients is my sister I understand yes. <laughs> PT for three four four years maybe yeah yep. 6am Tuesday Thursday. Every, have, have, every you got a, have you got a kicking? No, no. She tells me no, no kicking. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea that might be the yeah. case. So yeah, got a rocket over a right, right hand. Let's her hands go all right, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Good flow, but like those, those sessions, like I'm not turning up for work. Like I'm just turning up. Good conversation, hit pads, get good flow, and yeah, it's all fun. And then, and then I find since PT and getting busier with PTs and that, like I get stronger because I'm holding pads more often. And I'm getting understanding of those different bodies and how they throw their jab and how I can see it like that. All right, so for you to finish off now the fight that's coming up this weekend sounds like so you're preparing you think this one like you've had plenty that have stopped early you think yep. this one's going the, the journey uh, I'm going to create some violence um, I feel like he's durable and it will go to distance um, but no I'm always a sucker for a, to cut my opponent to hurt him to finish him early get home that's, well, I suppose it's the old saying is that you don't get paid overtime 100% 100% um, I just just feel as his experience he will try not to engage with me too much uh, but that's been everyone's game plan past four fights and everyone's ended up on the ground by then second and is that what you find a lot of the fighters try to fight you that way where they don't really want to in- engage in your style of fight or what yeah. you want to do yeah, yeah definitely when now my style of training is adaptive to both if you want to stand and bang I'm happy days but if you 
want to run, I'm going to find my range. I'm going to put you to sleep. And that's the thing. You're you're always about the same style. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 style doesn't change. And then as well as I I've I just adapt a lot better now. And that's maturity as a fighter as well. Um, just years and years of finding different styles, and yeah, ended up on the canvas myself a couple of times and been stitched up after. And you just learn from those. So you, let's say it all goes well, you win this one. What's next? Or is there is there anything? Or you, uh, you need, I know you don't look past this one, but I mean, is there is there a pathway no, there? Nothing set um, set in stone, but I I feel as this will put me in the top fifteen, and then I want to fight someone between fifteen to ten instead of jumping to that international. I, I I would like to get one more quality high level fight and then fight for the international. I want my time to be ready, um, and then just what are it like opportunities is finding uh, such a credible opponent, something overseas like Japan or anything like that could be knocking at the door, and I'll yeah grab that with both hands as well. All right, so that's what's coming up there. So that's this weekend. So tell us details of the fight. Can we can we watch it? How we can see it? Yep. So you can live stream it on Fight TV. F I T E. Um, it's at the Sopo in Southport, Gold Coast, on the second of September this weekend, Saturday night. Fights start at six. Um, if you're coming to support me, I appreciate it. And yeah, I hope you're ready. This is going to be violence. All right. Well, all the best for you. Wish you all the best with this fight. And thanks for coming in and spending some time with us on on Fight Week. Great to tap in, have a chat about a lot of different things, and uh, and hopefully we we continue that path towards the, that world title. And we can next time we speak to you, you'll be in the I don't know, top ten, top five, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me, and thank you to all my supporters and sponsors that are behind me. That's Brandon Spain joining us on the Semi Pros. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have a look at what's happening in sport this weekend. Who is Haynes Wilson? They're mortgage brokers. They'll find the right loan for you, and they'll manage the whole process from start to finish. Whether it's your first home, refinancing your current dwelling, or in an investment, they have access to loans from a host of Australia's leading lenders. They're not just here to help you find a loan with the right fit, they're here to make the whole process easier. Professionalism at every turn. Pick up the phone and call today. Haynes Wilson, 4599913. PL McKellar Concreting, a proud locally owned family business with over 20 years' experience. Residential or commercial work, no job too big or too small. For more info, phone Paul at PL McKellar Concreting on 0498 693 656 and make sure you follow them on Facebook. PL McKellar Concreting, proudly local, proudly supporting the Toowoomba community. Where's the home of live sports in the Garden City? The Southern Hotel Bar 839. Of course, big screens, atmosphere, you'll think you're at the game. $15.95 all-day main meal specials. Courtesy bus from 6pm to 1am every Friday and Saturday. Live music every Friday and Saturday night until late. Free pool all day every Sunday. Bar 839 is your place. Settle in for a day or night of fun, food, sport and great company. Bar 839, something for everyone. Hogan's Family Jewelers are Toowoomba's premier family-owned jewellery store. Three generations have been serving Toowoomba and the Darling Downs for the past 74 years. Hogan specialise in handcrafting, engagement, wedding and eternity rings and all fine jewellery using only the highest quality GIA certified diamonds and hand-selected gemstones from the most renowned regions in the world. Lofty has a passion for designing beautiful, unique pieces for his clients and is available by appointment for consultation. Visit Lockie Hogan and the team at 243 Margaret Street, Toowoomba. Hogan's, for those who prefer quality. Local sport with the semi-pros.
With thanks to PNL McKellar Concreting, let's have a look at what's on in sport this weekend. Well, we've just heard, of course, Brandon Dynamite Spain, that big fight down there on the Gold Coast this weekend. So all the best to Brandon. Great to have a chat to him. It's a great local story where you look of a young guy that grew up here, his father, Leon, a legendary figure in Muay Thai across Australia, and now Brandon following in his footsteps and that opportunity to fight all the way to a world title. So it'll be a great story. And, well, it has been a great story and it can be an even greater a story if it continues on with a big win this weekend. So that's happening in local sport. The other things that are on, Toowoomba Rugby League, we're up to the grand final qualifier so the first team will find out who will be through to the big one in a few weeks' time. For AFL Darling Downs, it is their day of days. It's their grand final day. Coolaroo will start red-hot favourites. Drop just the one game all season. Won their semi-final a few weeks ago by a big, big margin. So they're red-hot to go into the grand final so looking to secure the flag there, so all the best to all the teams, juniors right through until seniors. In the Football Premier League, the Southwest Queensland Thundermen, they're away to the Wynnum Wolves, and the Wolves sit second, so a big challenge for our uh, local Thunder there. And also in golf, so the big Volkswagen Scramble, so that big competition that's run right across Australia, City Golf Club hosts its um, edition of the Scramble, so all the best to the golfers that will be out there tomorrow. So for PNL McKellar Concreting, that's a look at what's on in sport this weekend. As we always say, get out and support local sport, support sport at the grassroots level, whether it's juniors or seniors, get out there and support your team they need your support thanks for joining us on the Semi Pros we'll catch you again next week that's my rock of the week, I think he's a decent goose that's his strain beer, probably all over his ceiling <laughs> absolutely ridiculous isn't it real, you can't nominate yourself as Diamond of the Week it was just a spectacle it was probably one of the better games we'll see just, just about doing, mate. Uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Let's go.